we've always known that people feel that okay there is stigma around dandruff that is not new that has been there since i mean since forever basically but i think what we discovered which was this thing that if you have dandruff you're twice as likely to be bullied and by the way one in three teenagers are bullied and we are back for series three of transformation stories from the award-winning Beltec Cafe. This series, we're talking innovation, commerce, emotive marketing, and career changes. We'll also dip into trends in fintech, digital health, retail, mobility, manufacturing, and speak to CEOs, CDOs, SMEs, and lots of other acronyms too. As always, you can expect gloriously unscripted discussions that shed an open and transparent light on the ebb and flow of our digital world. I'm Tizzy Philp, and welcome to the podcast. In our last series, we were lucky enough to speak to Communications Director for Hair Care Europe at Procter & Gamble, Helen Grafner. At that time, Helen had been working to launch the internationally renowned Power of Hair campaign from P&G brand Pantene. Replacing bouncy blow dries with a more inclusive audience approach, Helen and her team had sought to turn tables on discrimination for the LGBTQ community. Today, I'm delighted that she's back again, but this time it's to talk about another campaign. <laughs> nice wave. That has been the headlines for all of the right reasons. Head & Shoulders is the best-selling shampoo brand globally, and today we'll find out how Helene and the team at Valtech Redon have used the impact of that reach and influence to tackle the scourge of childhood bullying. Head on. Helene, Bernadette, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. A year Glad later. So great to have you back. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> a whole new story as well. So even better. Yes. So for, for those of our audience who are yet to hear the last episode about that amazing Pantene campaign, maybe let's begin with some introductions and background. Helen, let's start with you. Tell us more about you and your role. And then we'll go over to Bernadette. And then let's chat about that Power of Hair campaign. That was so amazing. Fantastic. So once more, thank you so much for having us. My name is Helen Grafner. I am the communications director for hair care in Europe at Procter & Gamble. I've been working for beauty in the past 20 years or so. I've been in this industry. I've been in fashion. And then the past 15 years, I've been with P&G. I have a strong craving for everything shampoo, conditioner, treatments, anything you need, uh, come, and find, uh, come and find me. But beyond just providing products that hopefully help people in some shape or form to have a better hair day or a better scalp day, as we're going to talk about head and shoulders today, what I truly am very passionate about is how we also try and use our brands as platforms to create a society that is more accepting and inclusive, how we also try and explore our brands to have a better impact as well from a sustainability standpoint. So we are truly transforming our brands to be more of a force for good for society, whether that is through reducing waste or through transforming a culture. And particularly when it comes to transforming culture, Bernadette and Valtek Radon, they are my partner in crime. So I'm equally very excited to be joined on the podcast by Bernadette today. Thank you for the, such a lovely introduction. Uh, I'm Bernadette Hudson, and I am an account director here at Valtech Redon. 
and I've been working in account management for the past 10 plus years, but for the past five years, like Helen said, we have been partners in crime working on Pantene to begin with. But um, last year, we also started our journey together on Head and Shoulders, which has been super exciting and super uplifting. Tell us more about what's happened since we last spoke to you. Wow, what has happened since we last spoke? Um, I think with Bernadette, we lived through a whirlwind, uh, a whirlwind cycle. So um, I think since we last met, we've obviously launched the third wave of uh, Hair Has Her Gender. Which we did back, which we did back in June, and so overall, the power of hair and originally the hair has a gender campaign was essentially all about um, talking about the power of hair to express identity, and the power of support from those around us to enable that self-expression, and we particularly focused on stories around how powerful hair is for identity, to the transgender and gender non-conforming community. So in wave one, which was launched in 2020, and then wave two, which was launched in 2021, we talked a lot about just the initial kind of power of hair to express an identity and how really hair is one of the first things you can use to show on the outside who you always knew that you were on the inside. It is typically not so difficult to change your hair. Although when it comes to growing it out, of course, it takes a lot of time. So, you know, you need to have patience. And in that spirit, Pantene is also there to help support you to get the hair that you want and, you know, make your hair stronger and, and more powerful so that you can hopefully, as soon as possible, get the hair that you've always uh, wanted to have. And Pantene is there by your side to help you get that hair that you want. Then we came to wave three and we were discussing with Bernadette at the time that, okay, we've talked about the power of hair to express identity for you. We've talked about the power of hair to get the support from those around you, in particular the family and your friends, but how about the workplace? And actually what we discovered was that a majority of LGBTQ+, so we even extended beyond transgender and gender non-conforming to be inclusive of the entire LGBTQ plus community for wave three, we discovered that a majority of LGBTQ plus uh, hide their identity at work and they feel they cannot live their true identity, which of course in itself, if you constantly have to hide a portion of yourself, you're constantly nervous. There's a constant sense of stress element there, um, which might hamper you as well in your daily life. And for those that actually can be their true selves in the workplace, they shared their story about how empowering it was and how it really was a release and how they felt that they can really unleash the true potential of themselves in the workplace where they feel that they have the support. So again, it's hair is powerful, but it is also even more powerful when you have the support from those around you to wear the hair uh, the way you want. And for the first time, we also launched the campaign in more markets. So we have more markets, both in Europe. Uh, we also have Canada and US uh, with us for this for this third wave, which is incredibly, incredibly exciting. Uh, it was the most successful campaign so far. We doubled the amount of reach. And of course, again, we supported particular LGBTQ plus charities. Uh, we also gave them, you know, both 
a space for them to share their stories. We also made donations uh, from Pantene so that they can also further their activities. And we partnered with a number of organizations. I don't want to put a number on it, but it's more than 10. It's probably more than 20 to even create specific tips for the workplace. How can you as an employee be more inclusive as a colleague? But also what are the things you can do in the workplace itself, whether physically or also just in the culture to try and create a culture that is more inclusive. So again, it was not just about sharing the stories. It was not just about helping the organizations, but we also literally wanted to equip everyone with tips and tricks for how they can be more inclusive uh, allies. Amazing. Thank you for that. Yeah, that background and the the update on that. It's such a great campaign. And knowing what I know about what we're going to talk about today around the head and shoulders work as well, it's even more interesting. And at, towards the end of this conversation, Helen, we're going to talk to you a bit more about your own personal uh, drive towards creating these very purposeful and meaningful campaigns. So I'm also very excited for the audience to get to hear some more on that. But let's start, first of all, by diving straight into this head and shoulders conversation, because it starts with some research. And this was research that was carried out on behalf of Head & Shoulders, and it found that people with dandruff are twice as likely to be bullied, and that the impact of that lasts well into adulthood. Bullying and dandruff are, of course, intrinsically linked, as, as the research also found. And this is perhaps not necessarily new information, but is, what is it specifically that triggered you to, to use this as part of the campaign? So I think when... As Bernadette said, like we started five years ago on the journey together for Pantene, and we thought together about what can Pantene do to create a culture that is more accepting and inclusive. And when it came to the head and shoulders case, indeed, we had this research and we then sat down to think of, okay, from a head and shoulders point of view, what can we do? We, as a brand, Head & Shoulders know dandruff really, really well. We know how to treat dandruff. With dandruff, though, we also know that there is a lot of stigma surrounding dandruff. Um, typically, you get dandruff for the first time when you hit puberty because it's all part of hormones and what happens kind of to your scalp and to your skin barrier. And, of course, in your puberty, you're in a very vulnerable place. You are, you know, you are growing up, you're discovering, you know, yourself, uh, you're trying to get, kind of have friends, you're trying to, you know, be accepted by, by people. And the matter of the fact is that just like a lot of people are affected by acne, particularly also that starts in puberty, 50% experience dandruff. And we also sometimes say that, oh, but I don't see flakes, I don't have dandruff. Well, actually, dandruff is a sign of something that is happening on your scalp and it can either be manifested with showing the flakes but you also have people who you don't see the flakes but they have a very scratchy very itchy very dry scalp which is also very self-conscious things you go you go and you feel that you have to scratch yourself all day uh, so it has somehow always been like this territory that ha carries tension and in particular what we've also seen is that People think that people that have dandruff are dirty. People that have dandruff, they probably don't shower enough or they don't take care of their personal hygiene enough. Mm. And that is not true, first of all. So as a brand, yes, we know really well. And for, you know, for the past 60 years, we have been delivering world-class leading solutions on how to 
tackle dandruff or how to tackle the dry scalp and how to relieve the problem. But there is also a big societal problem that comes together with it, which is the stigma that, okay, I have dandruff, am I dirty? It was even to that point that in the research, we saw that specifically teenagers, the first time they had dandruff, they thought I have dandruff because I'm not taking care of my personal hygiene. And I don't dare to talk to someone about it, which is actually heartbreaking because then they also, they don't know how, what they can do to actually try and treat that dandruff. So I guess that's probably where the conversation started, Bernadette. We started thinking about, okay, we, we know how to do dandruff. We though see that there's also this big space around stigma in society and what can we do about that? Like, how can we start busting that myth basically? Exactly. I mean, I think we had so many conversations about like, it's, it's kind of one of the last few like frontiers because that there's still this much stigma attached to it because we see on social media, no makeup, makeup days where people are being very honest about their skin and what it looks like behind the filters, behind the makeup, but dandruff still carries for everyone, a lot of stigma and the stigma is generational as well. There's old wives tales about how to treat dandruff dandruff and what causes dandruff that stem from your mom and your grandma and those inherently get passed down to kids. And we also know that habits and how you perceive and what you do to treat dandruff are influenced from when you're a teenager from puberty and being able to tackle like the stigmas when they are sourced was a really important part because of course there's the adult part of this campaign, which we'll get into, which is like how to also educate parents about how to talk about bullying and by extension, kind of busting down myths for adults. So that way they know what, why dandruff is being caused, but for such a common problem that doesn't discriminate again between genders or race. I mean, anybody can get dandruff and probably all of us and 50% of us us currently have it for something this common. It still holds a lot of anxiety. And I think this, like, and I think there's some very nice when we like start to think about how common dandruff is we also know how common bullying is and i think like dandruff for whatever reason has also been kind of lumped into this well it's going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it and it's spoken sometimes in the same way bullying can be spoken about when you're in puberty which is it's a part of growing up you'll grow out of it but the lasting effects of both of these things carry well into adulthood and shape how uh, how you can as a, an adult you know perceive social mm-hmm. situations or social interactions and that like that insight kind of it became natural that head and shoulders it came from probably the most natural place of like of course this is the territory that we can have like doing great ca- campaign work for a great cause and really doing the, the, instead of storytelling, story doing, it was a natural place for head and shoulders to yeah. be in. And I think linking back then to your original question, which was what maybe was the trigger point in all of this, I think mm. it was to discover the fact that 
we've always known that people feel that, okay, there is stigma around dandruff. That is not new. That has been there since, I mean, since forever, basically. But I think what we discovered, which was this thing that if you have dandruff, you're twice as likely to be bullied. And by the way, one in three teenagers are bullied, which is a huge amount. It's, I mean, as a, as a parent myself of two kids, it's really heartbreaking to, to know that it's, it's so big. And as Bernadette was mentioning, the research also showed that it's not just, you know, in the teens or in your youth during those years when you're bullied and then, you know, it's over and you're done. What the research showed was also that if you're bullied when you're a child, actually it affects your life. It can affect your entire life. It can affect your self-confidence for your entire life. And these sort of combination of kind of research points that came up is what I think really got us thinking that, okay, we have to do something about this. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking, first of all, that so many are bullied. And by the way, bullying for, doesn't matter why you're bullied, it should never be accepted. Of course, the way in for head and shoulders in the conversation is the fact that we treat dandruff. And dandruff is one of the common reasons why you're bullied. But it doesn't matter why you're bullied, it should never be accepted. Yeah. So as a brand, we wanted to then start taking a stand with, okay, how can we first of all destigmatize dandruff? So that's one part of the, what we want to campaign to do, start talking about dandruff. It shouldn't be a taboo. Um, and the second one is what can we do to actually help prevent bullying? And who do we need to partner with to help us on this journey? Um, we're going to talk about the steps you took to actually launch the campaign and what went into the campaign and all of the different components of it. So that's great. But I think, you know, from an outsider's perspective, as someone who hasn't worked on the campaign necessarily, when I think of head and shoulders, I think of the footballers in the shower, you know, the sportsmen sweeping back their hair. This is clearly a very different market. How did you then go about approaching this Gen Z audience? So I can start, but I also love to get Bernadette's point of view, because I think this was one of the key discussions we had that from a creative standpoint, this needs to be very, very different. I think, first of all, again, as a brand, we're also, we are evolving as well, like all, all other brands in the, in the industry and also like what we're doing on, on Pantene. The, as Bernadette mentioned earlier, dandruff doesn't discriminate. No matter how you identify yourself, all genders, all ethnicities, all ages, all everything basically everyone can have dandruff and that is of course something we also want to to show then in our in our communication i think particularly in this example where we said how can we help prevent bullying and bullying that takes place specifically for a youth for teenagers we need to find ways to reach them yes there is an element of talking to the parents and talking to the adults that also see bullying happening kind of the the outs the the parties on the outside so to speak or the adults in the conversation but we also need to find a way to talk to to the actual people that are in the in the teenage years how do we reach them which is also a matter of what are the right platforms to to work on but what is the campaign of the creative and what are the the people that we need to feature in our advertising that can actually help us connect with this audience and that is both when we think about the, um, even the celebrities we worked with on this campaign to also create content, to talk directly to the Gen Z audience. 
which we also have as a lag. And then the other part is also the content that we create, that we shot as our brand materials. What is the right people to feature in that in that audience? Which I think was one of the exciting creative challenges that we gave to Bernadette and the team to help us figure out. Bernadette, tell us, how did it happen? Yeah, I mean, I think bullying is a difficult subject to tackle to begin with because I think bullying has also changed a lot from when I was in school. I mean, when I was in school, we didn't have social media. I'm not a 13-year-old girl anymore. And the pressures are completely different because the landscape and the touch points that you have with your friends is completely different. So I think it. we all had to take a step back and be like, you know, we can't have the typical slamming in the locker situation because students aren't interfacing with each other that way. It's a different way of feeling and you feel pressures in different ways and they manifest in different ways. But the like at the end of the day, we are all like, I think the way it manifests might be different, but the sentiment is the same. Um, that hasn't changed. Uh, the feelings that you feel being uh, going through puberty have are constant <laughs> and and I think tapping into that I think that happened in various different ways that happened firstly I think the head and shoulders team especially in the UK did a great job finding working with the Diana award and anti-bullying pro which they have teen ambassadors that are vocal about what type of bullying and how bullying manifests. And I think that was always a good guardrail throughout the creative process because they are the experts on bullying and what bullying is actually happening. And they can be like, no, that's not how it <laughs> works or that's not how it can happen. But also just the cast itself. I mean, we were working with regular kids that are in high school or upper secondary like or middle school and you know the way that they even when we told them you're being bullied and you're walking into a room how would that feel and capturing that those raw moments on the actual film that you actually see um that's those are genuine moments that we that we were that were created in order to like best harness those emotions um and i think then talent's point it was also who are we engaging with in the context of this campaign you know we wanted to have influencers or celebrities that can speak from experience about dandruff and insecurities but also just this being honest enough to talk about their bullying experience, I think, and not in the everything's okay now way, which I think sometimes can manifest in in social media, which it's the high, highlight reel, like I once was bullied and now it doesn't affect me. I think the people that were part of this campaign talk about that it does affect them and they still mm. have struggles and they still have bullying. And I think there's something more genuine about that approach and I mean, I, I, it also goes into the channels that we use. We were using TikTok because before TikTok didn't exist, <laughs> but now it does exist. And I mean, 
that there's different formats and different ways to speak because that's a whole new medium of content and content production and how do we best use that format which is a sound on sharing a, a vulnerable experience platform it's it, it contrasts with instagram and how do we use both of all of the channels at our disposal to create a holistic picture that is authentic and real and can speak to the experiences and speak to our audience on that channel in the most effective way yeah and i think particularly finding those voices that have experienced it was really important we saw for instance in portugal which is one of the markets where we have executed this campaign so far we had tremendous great engagement from one of from some of this the raw content where the influencers they literally just talk about the fact how it felt for them when they were bullied when they were when they were young and what they felt people could do about it so just sharing those raw stories so that people see that it's it's not uncommon by the way it can happen to anyone it can happen to you and here are some of the tips and tricks to equip you with to help fight it whether you're a bystander or an observer or whether you're experiencing bullying now i think the other part was and and bernadette alluded to that with the diana award I go back to what I said originally, which is that head and shoulders, we know dandruff. And we've been knowing the science behind dandruff since like four, 60 years. We do not necessarily know how to tackle bullying. So just like for Pantene, where we said, we know how to transform hair. We need to work with partners, such as Christian Ranking or LGBTQ plus organizations that can help us with how we can improve the situation for the LGBTQ plus community. Same thing here for head and shoulders. How can we work with partners that are experts in how to fight bullying? And with partners such as the Diana Award, we then developed tools for schools, so actually educational toolkits that we sent out. We have more than half a million students that have actually been part of the training so far, which is fantastic, which is, you know, again, of course, there are a lot more kids in Europe, so there is, you know, still a long way to go. But we've already reached half a million, which I think is very, very, you know, heartwarming. We also partnered with, you know, for instance, in, in Spain, we had Look School, in Portugal, we had No Bully, and they also literally went to the schools themselves. So we helped provide funding and the insights around dandruff, so also try and destigmatize dandruff to the audience, to the schools. And then those organizations, together with them, we then reach out to the, to the children in the schools to really help them and educate them on how to observe bullying, how to fight bullying, and also just to, again, help these kind of debust or how do you say it, how to bust some of the myths, basically. Yeah. If we talk about this then as a as a marketing campaign, because ultimately this is very much a mm. marketing campaign for a global brand, how do you then help to take that conversation from children, seeing the connection between head, the, the Head and Shoulders brand and the anti-bullying campaign and the connection between the two into them actually shifting the conversation with their parents when they're at the supermarket. Where's the connection there? How are you able to influence that? So I think for, obviously the campaign carries its two legs basically. On the one hand, we want to talk about the fact that okay, bullying is not okay. And you know, if you're suffering from bullying and we, are, we want to help, we, want, we are here to together with the Diana Award, with Look School, with No Bully, with etc., you know, with, with all the markets that we, we work the campaign with, we want to 
share the fact that bullying is not okay. And did you know that actually if you are affected by bullying can affect you for a long time? So if you see bullying taking place, help us stop bullying. So that was, I think, the most critical part of the, the campaign. The other part, which you alluded to more on the product side, we also wanted to share that if you do suffer from dandruff, there is a solution. So, you know, we there are products for this. You don't have to like, suffer in silence. Um, and it's okay to talk about dandruff. It's, again, half of us have dandruff or are suffering from an itchy scalp. So it's totally normal. And you don't have to, you know, again, suffer in silence. There are products such as Head & Shoulders that can help you overcome those problems. If you use them over time, you actually prevent dandruff from happening in the first place. So it's not you don't have to even have, be reactive about it. You can you know, prevent the dandruff from, from happening. Then to extend that to a store context, we were also quite keen, and this is something we've been working with different, uh, different partners in the markets, that we also want to invite the public to help and support the project. So in some of our stores, for instance, you would be able to, if you bought a Head & Shoulders product or if you bought two products, you would actually directly contribute to the program. So we would donate more if you would also buy products. So through this, everyday ordinary people could also feel that they can help support the, the campaign. So that has also been a campaign light that has been a successful part of it. I think like the other part of this at the end of the day is that people are people want brands that stand for something. And I think like, I think Head & Shoulders has done a great job of being explicitly clear that their perspective on bullying. And I think trying to let people who are bullied bystander or bullied be seen, because I think one of the other parts of this campaign is that it wasn't pointing the finger at bully, like the bullies saying like, you're bad people. It's there's bullying is something that is a part of our social DNA for a lot of different reasons. And it wasn't an accusatory campaign. It was to show that we want to give tools to anyone in that kind of triangle yeah. <laughs> in that sphere, the tools to combat it, whatever part you play, whatever role you play in that. And I think being explicitly clear and not being vague on where they stand and what they're actively doing also kind of connects between this campaign and brand. Because at the end of the day, like when people do buy on emotional things and you build affinities to brands because you see like yourself in them you align with their values and i think mm -hmm. you know it's oh, same with pantene but here in head and shoulders making a very very concerted effort to make it clear the perspectives and the inclusivity and that it that it should be a safe space also helps that i think that's that's how you, that's how you build these meaningful purpose-led mm -hmm. brands and i think that and I, I, has knock-on effects to how you can do, we know that there are, is a correlation between that and it's a yeah. proven correlation. And I think, you know, that also helps. And I think understanding in the equation as well, what is the role of the different parties? So again, mm. head and shoulders, we can provide, we are one of the biggest advertisers. So we obviously can provide a big space to bring the conversation to light, to actually have people start talking about it. 
with our brand ambassadors. Yes, some of them are also high profile celebrities, but the fact that they will actually then talk about it also helps. Again, people yeah. see, okay, well, this person can talk about it, then it's it's probably okay that I can also talk about it. And if that person says we should employ, at least it's not going to hurt. Yeah. Again, it will have people stop and think and it will drive higher awareness for it. All breaking the stigma, yeah. The stories then of the influencers and the kind of whether it was micro or micro influencer, it doesn't matter. But the people sharing their authentic stories about how they were bullied and what they tried to do about that. Again, drove additional engagement, talking to the and then talking to the teenagers in their environment on TikTok, sharing tips and tricks, but also sharing the authentic stories, trying to just start the conversation was also a help. And then finally the the work with the schools, with the partner organizations critically to make sure that we actually do have a genuine impact beyond just addressing the kind of addressing the taboo and bringing the taboo to light but that with that taboo we also bring action that tangible action we can see which brings back to the to the half a million uh, students already kind of exposed to the trained in the modules that we've created so far that's a really valuable point and I, I want to keep talking around the tangible impact because this the impact of this work clearly as you've both talked about reaches far beyond product sales so how are you able then getting back to the marketing conversation the pure marketing conversation how are you able to set metrics around the performance of this campaign what are you looking for as a marker of success so when it comes to if we drill it down purely to a marketing conversation around the content itself the content is not necess- it doesn't necessarily have different metrics versus regular product content. And it's the same as we, we have for the Pantene Power Hair campaign. We still look at things such as reach. What is the reach that we're getting? We're looking at the engagements. How many wants to engage with the content? How many watch it? And for how long do they watch it? So it's not to say that we treat the campaign differently. I think the, the way we look at it differently is more onto my previous point what are the right platforms to reach the audience? And if we are launching a new product for, I mean, I give another example. If we launch a, if we launch a specific product that is maybe tailored for women 40 plus, and if we're talking about a bullying for teenagers, we're probably going to use different platforms for that because we're simply going to meet them. We're going to reach them on different platforms and the content will probably look different. But the metrics behind if it's success or not is not different per se. The success behind the content is still, we still use the same kind of metrics. We don't discriminate this way. Yeah, I think I think there's kind of like a, a misnomer or something like that. Like that if you're doing purpose-driven work that all of the traditional metrics kind of get thrown out the window and then we're looking at something else. I mean, for us, reach and engagement is still super important because it also tells us or it's a verification that the work that we tried really hard to, to do, which is to capture an audience and keep them captivated and tell stories that are resonating with a target group is actually doing it regardless of what the message is. I mean, I still want this, you know, beautiful anti-bullying video maybe even more so to stay with the consumer and for them to watch until the end and I mean just because it's a purpose campaign you don't throw away those things I just think that 
one of the great things is that we also had a great other KPI set, which is, okay, our, our guiding light is like, what do we want to do with our action filled platform? Okay, we want to educate kids. How many kids can we do? And like, let's reach for the stars and let's compress time and let's see how much momentum we can get behind this. And I think it was the layering of additional campaigns to see if it was a success beyond just the traditional marketing way. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I love that. And, and particularly for you and your roles as well to be able to be looking at metrics beyond just reach but actually things that you passionately mm. care about and you know are going to make real impact mm. in in within an, an audience then that is that is so so valuable and actually leads me really nicely onto my final question which is for you Helen this is the second purpose-driven campaign that we've spoken to you about in a relatively short period of time both for two you know enormous enormous brands what is it that continually drives you to continue to create work like this obviously like the cheesy answer would be okay i know i wake up in the morning knowing that i'm changing the world for the better but i maybe a more less corny answer is the fact that just coming to the office uh, it it puts me a, a smile on my face i feel that yes of course i am i am helping people purely through the products as well we are and especially with products just head and shoulders where you relieve people from dander or itch which really can annoy the hell out of someone um and it's really really it is really a, you know a stigma for many there we genuinely really really help people as well but with these sort of purpose campaigns we add just an even more meaningful layer and seeing the response of whether again, it doesn't matter if it was the Pantene Power of Hair campaign or you know it's the anti-bullying campaign. When you read the comments uh, on the posts, when you get you know emails to your consumer relations service, or you know you see just the reactions from people that you know they are saying, oh, "Wow, this is the first time." You know, I never thought I would see someone that looks like me. Um, I never experienced hearing someone talk about a problem that affects me. It really helps me. This gives me courage. The, when you get that kind of personal response from people and you feel that, okay, even if it's just for one person, I've helped one person. And that that is a very, very nice feeling. It, it adds an additional, simply an extra meaning to your, to your work. And it is, um, I think as a marketeer, it really is the, the future. I mean, we can all see, especially for big companies, we can really have a big impact. And you need to think about it, like, what is the legacy that you want to be, leave behind? Or what is the legacy that you want people to talk about? What are, what are things, what are capabilities, what are, you know, specific things you want to put in motion for, for other teams or for other people or for society as, as a whole? And, you know, sometimes it's a small steps, but all of a sudden it's been five years, you know, me and Bernadette's been around now for five years together. And we start to see that actually the things we've done over time, this, Maybe in isolation, it wouldn't be seen as a, as a big thing. But then when you start to add up the campaigns, you start to add up the number of people that you've positively impacted with the work that you do. It really, really gives you just, you know, an extra. It really gives me warmth. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of the work that we, that we do. I'm not going to shy away from that. I think it's work that we can all be, we all be incredibly proud of. And when we think about, you know, just from a company standpoint, I am incredibly lucky and privileged that I'm in the position that this is also something that has the support of our highest management. Um, 
which also, of course, then gives you more muscle. It gives you more conviction. It just makes it even easier. But all in all, waking up, going to the office, um, it just it brings me a smile to my to my face. And knowing that maybe today I can help one more person, that that is my motivation. Yeah, I think it's rare that I mean, I think it's rare that you that as like Helen was saying, uh, being working in marketing, you think about uh, this is going to have this effect, and you can sometimes see it on metrics, but it's rare that you can personally feel and personally getting messages. I mean, I have never worked with a brand that I get so many emails from all over saying, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Or, wow, that was like, wow, I never thought about it that way before. Or I showed this to my kids and they like, it resonated with them. I have, it's rare that you get to see that part of it because sometimes you just let things go, go, go out and then you kind of cross your fingers and hope for the best and you don't really have the follow-up. And I also think it's rare that you have such like steadfast commitment from a client to like continue to push and do things. Sometimes it can feel very one and done or, oh yeah, we're working on it, but it's not in focus but i mean it's also super motivating to be in a partnership with helen who i know is has laser focus on doing great communication that does even greater things and that she has the backing and has the power to do that i mean it's super it's super motivating for us also to like wake up in the morning and think about okay like what how can we make this you know thought and this idea come to life in the most genuine way and bring something to life together that we didn't think was possible before and do it like in most problem solving, authentic, true to real life way. I think that's a really lovely place to <laughs> end. Helen, Benedette, thank you so much for joining me and taking me through that. Who knows? Next year, we'll be on another podcast talking about <laughs> another amazing work for another brand, perhaps, but we'll see. There's uh, there's <laughs> more stuff around the corner. So, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of new, exciting stuff yes. coming out soon. So, okay, Lots to look forward to. Helen, Benedette, thank you so much for joining me. You've been listening to the latest transformation series from Valtech Cafe. Hit subscribe to get access to our whole back catalogue of conversations. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, why not visit us at valtech.com for all the details. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>